Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. And what a Thursday this will be. It's our final hour of this day, but we got football tonight. Niners oh, yeah. and Giants. Mm-hmm. Double-digit favorites now, the Niners, with the injury to Saquon Barkley. Oh, a trade last night. Cam Akers, who we talked about maybe the Browns would get in on. They signed Kareem Hunt instead with the familiarity. Kareem Hunt to help replace Nick Chubb. They also, mm-hmm. uh, the, so the, the Rams turned and traded Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings. So wow. we're kind of musical chairs at running back. Because Dalvin Cook, of course, they didn't re-sign him. He went to the Jets. <laughs> To be a two-headed monster with Brees Hall. Now, and Alexander Madison, who they hoped could take over, he's been bad. Yeah, it's just not going to be – he's not going to be a lead back for you. He can be a complimentary piece. But yeah. you, you need and a that was worth. their hope, right? And if you had seen him when he would come in for Dalvin Cook, you're like, man, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. But then you realize, oh, wait a second. Yeah. He's not a lead back. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's, yeah, he's not, he's not going to be your main course running back. you got to find somebody. I'm surprised that Cam Akers went for so little. I guess they really – Pick swap so, coming up in two that years. Was it. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, anybody could have done that. Cowboys could have done that. Yeah. Um, but Cowboys like their running backs, though. They like the We like our guys, as Jerry always says. Uh, they like Rico Donald, and he's looked pretty good early yeah, on. They like Rico, for sure. Mm. Well, how about this? The Vikings, through two <laughs> games, have 69 yards rushing. Nice. Two. That, that's two games. <laughs> Fewest in the NFL through two games that's, by any team since 2019. I was going to say, that's got to be like for a few. That's got to be a record for a couple of years. Yeah, that's, that's, that's terrible. terrible. Well, and, <laughs> and if you watch them, they don't even try to run. I mean, it's like, come on, Kevin O'Connell. At some point, you've got to establish a run game. Because when he got there, we know he came from Sean McVay's tree. By the way, there's mm-hmm. a connection there of him acquiring Cam Akers. He came from the Rams. Ah, so there you go. Knows the player. Yep. Um, so, and the system will be similar to what he's used to. Uh, but I would also say that, um, you know, you can be from the, the McVay tree, but you still have to try to run the ball sometimes. McVay runs. I know. McVay likes to run the run. For sure. <laughs> he just, yeah. It's, it sets up this whole system. Exactly. The outside zone. But Kevin O'Connell's got a more of a pass philosophy, and he, you know, he, he that's why they, that Dalvin Cook was expendable, and now they realize they need Cam Akers because they got to run the ball some. Well, yeah. they got a lot yeah. of weapons in the passing game, right? You got Justin Jefferson. They got Jordan Addison now. Then they TJ got Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and their defense continues to be a challenge for them. Uh, so, because they got they, they couldn't stop the Philadelphia Eagles running the ball last time they played Ooh, on a Thursday night. Yeah. So we'll see that uh, that went down tonight. You got um, you know I I kind of keep getting this feeling that the Texas Baylor game could get out of control. It could. I think this game could get out of control tonight. Uh, we saw it with the Cowboys forty to nothing. We saw the uh, Giants and turn around and fall behind the Cardinals twenty to nothing. And yeah, then no they had to come back to win it. And now no Saquon. No Saquon. I'm with you. And the Niners are coming home. Niners have been on the road the whole whole season so far, right? They haven't been, played a home game. So this is their opportunity. They went 2-0 and in those games at Pittsburgh and at the Rams, and now they get to open their building. So you know it'll be a great environment, great crowd. And you said something earlier I think is 100% accurate. In the win over the Rams last year, it was a hard-fought seven-point win. It was. By the way, it should have been a 10-point win, but your guy Sean oh, McVay kicked that field goal. He did. Hey, no, we haven't heard anything about it, about anybody investigating what happened there. But you know. He said he had no idea. He said he had no idea about the spread? They asked mm. him about it? I, I okay. don't believe him. Yeah, yeah, I don't this believe is the guy him. who remembers every play he's run ever. <laughs> yeah. Like he, If you can bring up a play eight years ago, he can tell you exactly what the down and distance was in his play call. Yeah. He knew he that knew. there was a line he, of eight and a half. He knew. He knew. Uh, but that was a, the, his team's better than people thought, including you and me, Rod. The Rams yeah. are pretty good, so they, they had to fight for that. But in that game, Christian McCaffrey played every snap. No. He never came off the field. He's played 115 snaps in the first two games. He can't keep doing that, can he? That's unsustainable. Consider, considering his injury history, 
And I, you, you know Shano's building his offense around him because he loves positionless players, and Christian McCaffrey is the epitome of that. I think he's got to get more Elijah Mitchell in there. I know Elijah Mitchell is not the weapon that Christian McCaffrey is. because Christian McC- And by the way, these are not all snaps in the backfield with traditional run game. He's moving them all around in the slot, and he's putting them out wide. So he's moving around. He's kind of his board. Micah Parsons on offense, yes, right? Yes, exactly right. He's moving around. Elijah Mitchell can't do that, but Shannon's got to be a little bit more responsible about how he's approaching Christian McCaffrey's durability uh, considering his past injury issues. And you got another game, 17 games now, and you need him for the Super Bowl run. I mean, t- the 49ers are a Super Bowl or bust team. They don't get to the Super Bowl. The season considered consider a disappointment. Very, like, very much like the Cowboys and yeah. Philadelphia, right? They're yeah. all Super Bowl or bust, and those are the three teams that dominate the NFC right now. And, you know, Giants fans want to be good, but you know what will happen if this game gets out of hand like the Cowboys game did? I <laughs> said, <laughs> what in the world is this? <laughs> that actually scared me. That actually, my heart actually jumped when you did that. Yeah. Giants wow. fans, Giants fans. Like, <laughs> I got that hotkey now, so. Thank you very much. I'll yeah. have to be ready for that next time because I wasn't it's ready that like, time. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've been to so many Texas games. You played at Texas and I've been to games. Oh, you were on the side. Every time they shoot that damn cannon, it scares me. Yes, Every it time. Yep, I'm with you. Especially when it's the end of the quarter. And you expect it and you still get scared. No, no. <laughs> I know. And I, then I get to be like Shannon Sharp because I, I don't. I know it's coming, but I'd still jump. It's like, dang, dang. It's okay. <laughs> and your wife's like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, usually I'm sitting in the Bud Light suite and all of a sudden, bang. Oh, like, oh hey. You're right. No, no, I'm with you too. I, I, I've been scared by it. I'm like, how do, why do I scared? I knew they were going, when they scored, they were going to shoot up the damn cannon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we got football tonight at San Francisco. We'll see what you know the Giants fans' idea would be. We we will pick up where we left off in the second half at Arizona. We finally woke up to our season, and they rallied for the win at Arizona. But you know, yeah. tough for the Giants to play two of the best three teams in the, in their conference in the first three games, yeah. and uh, that they're getting it. Cowboys will get these Niners in a couple of weeks, so get ready for that because yeah. the Cowboys get Arizona this week right after the Giants got them, and then they turn around and play. Uh, uh, the Cowboys get the New England Patriots at home, and then they get San Francisco. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say I just read that San Fran picked up Anthony Brown. Ooh, former Cowboys? former Cowboys cornerback. If I, I, I'll make sure I got that right. But I swore, I swore, I just saw that um, breaking, and I was like, ah, and I was going to mention it, and I didn't mention. It. I'll, I'll get the, I'll get the actual source. But I believe I just saw that too. So I wonder because they. And by the way, remember I said the 49ers, One of the only issues they've had early on has been at cornerback. They've actually rotated and moved around a couple of DBs already um, after the first two games because they were being exposed and exploited a little bit. So, uh, yeah, it says they've signed Anthony Brown. I got to get former Cowboys Anthony Brown signed to San Fran's 53-man roster. Well, he's terrible, so. He's uh, not terrible. He's not terrible. He was pretty good for a little bit. No, yeah, Cowboys fans, no. are, y'all were he's not y'all, Stephon y'all, Gilmore. Y'all, y'all were missing for when he went down. That's when that other side of the corner became a liability. It was a liability before. No, it was not. I give you stats that that tell you that is blatantly false, and that's I'm just telling you. I'll give you stats that'll make you feel As bad. As a Cowboys about that. fan, that you, was the one guy. Well, I was yeah, like, I, get rid of him. Yeah, I just don't always match. Three years, okay, three I'll say just, this is this is the problem. I'll tell you right now what what the issue was. Right, because first of all, the stats say that he actually was one of the better corners in the NFL at the time. But I, I'll spare you that. I'll go eye test with you. 
Here's why. Because Rod B has been in that other corner before. He was the other corner. What's the other corner? The other corner is the guy that's not that's going to get targeted because nobody's throwing at Trevon Diggs. Right? Nobody's throwing at Trevon Diggs. Why would you throw at Trevon Diggs? He was a leader in interception. He's going to make you pay for that. I was I played opposite Quentin Jammer. I played opposite Nathan Vasher. Are you going to throw at Quentin Jammer? Got drafted in the top 10. You're going to throw at Nathan Vasher, all-time leader in interception at the University of Texas? Probably not. You're going to throw at Rod B. So you know some people, just like you, Ty, said about Rod B, guys are scrub. Guys are scrub. Guy gets attacked. They're going after him every play. Well, if you target me eight to ten times in a game, I might give up three. All right? I might. And I may not catch a ton of interceptions because I don't have great hands. But Robbie was still an All-American. I still shut down my side of field pretty much. But I got attacked way more than those other guys. And I guarantee there were people just like you saying, man, Rod B. He's a scrub out there, man. He's getting attacked all the time. He's a liability. Hey. Am I a liability or am I just the easier option rather than going to go up against the all-pro cornerback on the other side? Yeah, and that's why when they bring in Stephon Gilmore, they may have two all-pros. Yeah. And now they're really good. But so to your point. I, I, I get what you're saying, Ty. Like, yes, he wasn't as good as Trevon Diggs or the other players, but he that that still doesn't make him a bad player. He just wasn't to their level. Yeah. I get what you're saying. You know what and, I mean? I wasn't and, putting Jammer Nathan Vasher, but I wasn't a bad player. You're that, you're that passion, Ty? You know what? It's like, Dion, you made it personal. <laughs> No, <laughs> you made it personal, Un- unintentionally. You know what no, you did? No, no. You know you made it personal. I made it personal because I basically put myself in Anthony Brown's shoes, and I basically, you You've know, been there. yeah, I projected myself into Anthony Brown's situation. But I have been there. I have people like, man, Robbie, you give up a lot. I'm like, give up a lot, man. They're not throwing another guy. Or they throw to us. Me, you got to give up something. Yeah, man, getting it ten times a game over here. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I get it. Yeah, I, go, I love it. I love it. Okay, so uh, that game is tonight. We'll see if Anthony Brown did get picked up by that group. Also coming up this hour, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain, and we got what's popping. We got what's popping, including poppin'? including the the Forbes people dropping their list of the entertainers who had the, made the most money this year. Yeah, and, and guess what? It's not Taylor Swift. She did not make the most. She did money? not make the most money in the entertainment industry. Or in, from and they do year to year. So is it an international artist? Uh, yeah. No. Well, that no. It's it's a. It, oh, it's, it's American. Not a, it's not an American. I think. I, can I guess who it is right now? You can oh, get, uh, I bet I can you guess. You want me to give it to you now and not wait till what's popping? Is it Peso Pluma? No. Is it Bad Bunny? No. Mm. It's, it's here, according to here, it says it's uh, interesting. Uh, Genesis, the band Genesis. The band Genesis. Oh, well, that the I would prog- never The pioneers that. of progressive rock, top twenty twenty two. This is for the for twenty twenty two from last year because it's all gotten added up now. I guess with a three hundred million dollar music rights sale to Concord Music Company. They sold the music, their catalog. Oh, uh, they sold their catalog. That makes sense. The second on the list also, who was just here on Sunday, Sting, sold his catalog and the police for 210 mil. Also, they're so, selling their musical. That's so why that and then into, and on top of the concert tours. So Sting, by the way, somebody who I know, a friend of mine, Jeff Parks, who owns Mudbug's restaurant down there in, in Buda and Jay Parks uh, Saloon and Standard there. He went to that show. He said the dude's still ripped. He's like 70 years old. He's got biceps. Guy no, looks great. Even on this picture, he looks pretty swole. Sting stays in good shape. And Tyler Perry, by the way, three. Tyler Perry. Uh, Tyler Perry, he's so diversified in stuff that he's in. You know, writing Revenue shows, streams. writing movies. Yeah, he's got like four well, or five different hustles by, he's got By this on. list I'm reading from Forbes, Taylor Swift very well may be on the top of this list next year when this comes out, right? When they total up what she made uh, in 2023, yeah. she's going to do very well. For the tour. Look at these guys. The Rolling Stones. Man, Brad Pitt? Yeah, Brad what Pitt. What the hell? What's Brad, how do you end Hunter up Mill. there? Hunter Mill. I mean, I'm trying to think what movie did Brad Pitt make in 2022? We talking about just overall stuff? Because um, he had made. He, he was he, in that one with Margot Robbie. He produced. Uh, uh, he produced. He must be behind the scenes now. He produced Oscar money. winners Moonlight, 12 Years a Slave. Martin Scorsese's says he's The Departed. Okay. And um, so he's doing well. There you go. Mm. And the Rolling Stones made 98 mil. 
the Rolling Stones at 70-something years old, almost 80 years old. Good for them. All right, so there's some uh, – I won't use that in What's Poppin'. What we will do in What's Poppin' is what's coming up tonight uh, and today. Also, uh, what's poppin' with Ty's punt, pack, pass, and kiss, kick competition, right? <laughs> the PP and K. By the yeah. way, Ty, if you're watching on our Twitch channel or YouTube channel, which we appreciate very much, you get to see us. Ty is now – he's taken his, his, over, his pullover off, and he's got the old sleeves cut off ACDC T-shirt. He's ready. Where'd you get that T-shirt? Mm-hmm. That T-shirt's older than you're, 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 you were born. This is a. <laughs> I made this one myself. <laughs> found a found a T-shirt at Goodwill. Okay, you know? so that 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 was somebody bought that at a concert before you were born. Let's just. The, so? Hey, I believe so. Yeah. Well, what what tour does it say it's on? Thunderdome. I don't know if it says it on there. What tour it is? Thunderstruck. Yeah. yeah, that's an old ACDC T-shirt. That's that's big time. That could be from the '80s, Rod. That thing might be. Yeah, it could be worth <laughs> some money or something. That's vintage. I don't know. It's, it's my. It's one of my lucky go-to workout shirts. He's so. wearing the lucky shirt, right? Because okay. he's going to compete with Casey hey, Stutter. I, I couldn't wear a sweatshirt eating hot wings like I did last week. That was a, a poor. Um, and by the way, let's just say <laughs> that didn't decision. go very well. Yeah, today's going to be better. <laughs> you damn right, because he got his. He's got his Westlake helmet on. Oh, he will have it on. Can you He'll put the helmet right on now. for the rest of the show? Can we do that? Because you need to get that thing loosened up. You haven't worn it in almost 10 years. Are you going to compete in the helmet? That's... I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. I think he just... Oh, he said yeah. Well, I think that's going to hinder his ability here. <laughs> well, maybe. Look he's at got... him. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, rest of the show. Got to wear that thing, Ty. I that's think, legit. I, I don't know, man. I. What if Casey shows up in his Houston Texans helmet or his Texas Longhorns helmet? <laughs> Uh, so we that's legit. So we're doing punt, pass, and kick. So so they will pass three times. You get three throws for accuracy and distance. So the distance will matter. But if you're way offline, we're going to subtract the offline distance from the distance. Okay. So you know, throw it 40 yards, but you're 10 yards offline. You're going to lose 10. So you're down to 30. Uh, so you got to try accuracy and distance. Then the punt, Rod, from the goal line. From the goal get three line, three punts. You get the distance as, and you get the roll distance as long as you keep it on the field. I like that. Uh, and then, by the way, if you shank it out of bounds and it lands out of bounds, it doesn't count. So you get the ball, you'll get the distance from where the ball lands. But then, if it rolls out of bounds, we're going to stop. We're going to stop counting the distance once it gets out of bounds. I like that. If you keep it on the field and let it roll, we'll get you the full roll. And then, uh, so you add both of those scores up, your passing and punt, and then we're going to kick. We're going to start with a, do we have a tee tie, or do I have to I'll be the holder? A tee tie. Somebody will be holding. Somebody will be holding for each other. I'm going to get my hand broken today. I think, I think Jacob's planning on strapping you up with a GoPro. Okay. Multiple camera angles here. That's fine. That's fine. Is it real? Does he have a, does he have a GoPro on there? Yeah. That'd be awesome. So we're going to start at the five-yard line with a field goal, right? So that's a 15-yard field goal. Because mm-hmm. you've got 10 yards end zone. Crossbar, got to get it up and get it open over. That's easy. Then we're going to go back to the 15, which would be the 25-yard field goal, Rod. And then we're going to go back to the 30, to the 25, which would be a 35-yard field goal, and that's for bonus. But you'll get the total yardage. So if you kick the 15-yard field goal, you get 15 points. If I you like get that. The nice. 25, so I, you get the 25. If you get the 35, you get 35. And you take the – they can have a chance to kick all three, and then you just take the yes. best? Yes. Okay. Yes. Wait, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you don't get all three. You get one. Should, get I try one. To, should I try to toe punch it or actually kick it? Uh, you decide. I was looking up some videos on how to kick a football. You decide. Right? Yeah, you got to figure out you if you're straight guy, on. Why don't you call your guy Justin Tucker or something? Why won't he come stop by? <laughs> Maybe he can be proxy. He can step in for you for a little bit. Can you, get, can you get Tuck, yeah, Tuck down here? You know, Phil Dawson is coaching Hyde Park High probably, School. probably get his mom down, down there. She knows some tips. She's in the area. Who? Ooh. Justin Tucker's mom. 
Wait, hey, man, don't be calling that man's like, mom. She's the photographer for Westlake. Uh, <laughs> she's a nice lady. I bet she is a nice lady. She raised a, a great young man, a gentleman, in Justin Tucker. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, from what I know, then, you know him better than I do. Is he still opera singing Justin Tucker? Yeah, I think he can. I, he was a member of the Westlake Choir, I'm sure. Of course he was. He's an opera singer. I mean, he's unbelievable. I've seen him. Yeah, they uh, up in Baltimore, like they'll have like they'll film like little skits and stuff, and they'll have them doing he's like, a, stuff like that. He's a quirky guy. He well, is. Yeah. He's yeah. He's a kicker. Yes, <laughs> he he played a slot receiver at Westlake too. He was he was a good player. But you know, most kickers are quirky. Rod, you played in the league. You yeah, understand they are. That. Most kickers are a little bit weird. They're, they're like weird. they're like goaltenders in hockey, left-handed pitchers in baseball. They're just you know the drummer they're kind of weird. <laughs> did you did, by the way? Did we hear Jeff Trailer, the coach of U2SA's thoughts on kickers? He was doing his press conference, his media uh, Zoom. Does he feel this, like Tom Herman felt about kickers where he didn't no. even call him by name? Like Tom Herman would literally call – he wouldn't even call Long Ball Dixon or Michael Dixon by his name. He'd call him the punter. Let's hear this. This is uh, Jeff Trailer giving you some um, – At one point, Long Ball Dixon was a, was a freaking um, MVP of the bowl game as a punter. Uh, oh, oh can, I, can I throw something out there real quick? Because I know people are like, Rod B uh, – Anthony Brown is still trash. You see people said that on the Oh, on Anthony the text Brown line. is still trash. They don't like Anthony Brown. I get it. I get it. All right. Let me just throw this out there. Cause you know your boy, I, I'm a stat guy. I'll just give you these stats just real quickly. This is from 2021, because he got hurt in 2022. So obviously that's a different discussion. So from 2021, passer rating allowed for Anthony Brown, 75. Um target rate was around uh, oh, above 21%. So he got targeted a ton. And how about this? If you go look at it, Brown saw more targets as the nearest defender than any other player in the league in 2021. Think about that. Nobody got attacked more than Anthony Brown in 2021. He had 117 targets, yet he was consistently making plays. Y'all mad about the 20, 30 receptions he gave up? Dude, he got a target 117 times. But Trevon Diggs wasn't even good that year. My point is— The whole secondary was terrible that year. But, what, in 2021? Mm Mm-hmm. Trevon Diggs had, that's when he had the record interceptions. I thought it was last year. No, oh, last year. Okay, okay. Yeah, right? Well, yeah, that, you got me. It was 2021, yeah, he had right, the record right. interceptions. Right. And then 2022, he, he, that, he was more bit. consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so nobody's throwing at that guy. 117 targets, he made a play. Um, and by, Bob, with this, Brown's tight window rate was over 28%, and he allowed the sixth lowest completion percentage among DBs. His completion percentage allowed below expectation finished at 6.4%. He finished with the sixth lowest targeted EPA on deep balls, too. So I know y'all think he's a scrub just because he gave up a lot of plays. But think about how many times he was targeted compared to what he gave up. So yeah, that's His batting that's, average was pretty good. That's the only case I'm making. I'm like, guys, I, I get it. Y'all, he gives up more plays than anybody in secondary because he's targeted more than anybody in secondary. And he actually makes a lot of plays compared to how much he's targeted. That's it. I'm not triggered. I'm just trying to take up for DBs because I know there's a lot of slander. Man, that guy's trash. Trash? Let's be uh, – come on, let's not be so harsh. Trash? Let's just say he's not he's not equal to his peer across the way in Trevon Diggs. He's not one of the better corners in the NFL. Don't call the man Trash? Trash? Yeah, I think that's harsh. that's harsh. That's harsh. He's a that's professional athlete. Saying. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on. All right, so here is. Sorry, uh, Ty. I wasn't. That wasn't directed <laughs> at you. That I was know, more about me. That was more about a personal thing from Rod B being attacked about my skill level for years. Because like, man, Rod B's no Nathan Vash and Quinn Jammer. Yeah, no shucks, Sherlock. Nobody is. But I held my own, right? You know what I mean? I didn't do it what they did, but I held my own. That's what Anthony Brown's trying to say. I held my own, man. Yeah, and now, he's a, and now he's a Niner, is that right? And now he's a Niner. Hey, yeah. Let me hear this. This is uh, Jeff Trailer on kickers while we're talking about Ty's and Casey's kicks today. I don't know. I'm about to make a policy that kickers and punters don't lift weights anymore. It might be my, my new policy. We might go back to the old school where 
I'm not going to say it, but you know, back in the day, they just smoked cigarettes and drank beers. All the kickers <laughs> punters did, but uh, I know you can't do that anymore in, in America. We can't do any of that fun stuff anymore. I love Jeff did Trailer. he just say he can't do any of that fun stuff anymore? But not in America. That's great. Uh, man, he, he, oh man, he's such a great, that's like, he's a great quote. I'll say great quote, but he's a great quote too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, that we need to get good. him on the Pat McAfee show. We to, do. To talk with him. I'm sure he'd 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 not he wouldn't like that very much. Yeah, he'd, he'd also like that A and M job if he could get it. You know, what he'd I mean? fit right on in, wouldn't he? Those yeah. those those lines right there fit right on in with that constituency. <laughs> like, Better than Jimbo like, rambling on about nothing for thirty minutes. Like, like uh, Boomhauer yeah. or something. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, like he's Hank a Hill. he's an upgrade over Jimbo in terms of uh, his media relations skill. Yeah. yeah, and this is no ability. Jimbo, especially since he's yeah. moved to East Texas. Now it's even worse. He sounds more and more like Hank Hill all the time. You got Boomhauer. Boomhauer, yeah. Boomhauer. Hey, <laughs> can I uh, say this? Breaking news. Breaking, Breaking news. news. The Deion Sanders effect. It's real. You know who was on the field for Texas last week was a kid named Ryan Wingo from St. Louis, Missouri, five-star wide receiver. Oh, yeah, I seen him at breakfast, actually. He was at Phoebe's when me and my wife were there eating. Well, he's mm-hmm. apparently taking an official visit now to Colorado. Hey! It's all right. It's okay. Well, dang. <laughs> and uh, is still, you know, most people think he's a Texas lean, but now he's going to Colorado. He was seemingly down to Texas and Missouri, and now Dion is in on it. He just, I, listen, he's only going to see Dion because that's the place to be, right? This is, right now, that is the mecca of college football right now. And he's going there to go hang out with all the rap stars and celebrities and everybody else is going to be there for the game. That's more what this is about. If I'm a Texas fan, I wouldn't be freaking out. Now it is Dion. So Dion can, he can sell sand to a beach. So you got to work. And Tim Brewster's there too, by the way, the guy who recruited Rod B, the guy who recruited Vince Young and Chris Sims. So that might be the best recruiting mercenary in all of college football. So yeah, that's concerned about that. But from what I hear, and as I hear from Jerry Hamilton, who's as plugged in as anybody, um, they don't have the NIL funds to bring Ryan Wingo to Colorado, in my opinion. Dion might. Now, D- <laughs> hey, we'll come now, back. Dion, Mike. Hey, we cool. come back. We'll talk uh, our high school football visit for the week. Brought to you by Brain Vault and Brain Vault Technology. Dr. Greg Eckert and his team. It'll be Drew Sanders, head coach of the undefeated uh, and highly ranked Vandegrift Vipers, coming next. The Horn. All right, hook him up. Rolls on, and it's Thursday. That means our football weekend begins and. As we do each Thursday, we uh, preview the big game tonight in the NFL with the Niners and the Giants. We also talk with the head football coach at the undefeated with the undefeated Vandegrift Vipers, who beat Stony Point last week, forty-eight to seven. They pretty very similar scores in all the games: twenty-seven seven, forty-one seventeen, forty-eight seventeen, and now forty to seven. They're four zero. And uh, Coach joins us on the Vaqueros Hotline. And our visit with Coach is brought to you by Brain Vault. And that Brain Vault technology, more than just a mouthpiece, not even a mouthpiece, it's an orthotic that helps prevent concussions. It's tremendous. We'll tell you more about it coming up. Hey, Drew, Coach, how are you? Good morning. Good. Good morning. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Uh, you're on the road today. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. By week. By week. Yes. So. Well, that's uh, and what what what? We'll start with that, Coach. What do you what do you, what's your what's your goal board during bye week? Well, the first thing we call our bye week improvement week. Just so I don't let really I that my players will be mad that I said that. So, uh, you know, we really have to focus on the things that we've got to get better at, and and so we've been we've been doing that uh, this week, and and we try to lighten the load a little bit for our guys. You know, they've been grinding for a while since early August. So we try to lighten the load, practice three times, 
still do competitive stuff and then give them the weekend off. Yeah. Uh, improvement week. I like that. Then let's recap last week. Forty-eight to seven on the road. Have to be pleased with uh, the the you know the road trip district play starting and handling your business. Yeah, I mean it's it's so good to start district one and zero. I mean that's just the the key to making the playoffs and the key to winning the district title. And uh, it's good to go there at Dragon. You know, we got three games at Dragon this year, which is kind of unusual. We almost play as many games at Dragon Stadium as we do our home. Um, and so it was nice first half, go out really, really strong. I think we held them to negative total offensive yards in the first half and then uh, scored a bunch. So really proud of our start for our team. Hey, Coach, when you're playing so well, which you guys are playing really, really well early on, and you are you know, obviously wanting the week-to-week improvement, that's what coaches are focused on, can we get better week-to-week, um, how do you mm-hmm. balance between the, how they handle success and you want them to enjoy the success, but also you want that hard coaching? early on to make sure that you can keep these guys focused and they are getting better. How do you balance it? Because you want to want the guys to be praised for their, their great work, but you also want to make sure that they are focusing on getting better week to week in the process. Yeah, I mean, you know exactly what you're talking about. You have to do it. You've got you to gotta balance it because if it's all roses and everybody's happy, I mean, that's, that's not good. And so um, our guys have gotten, you know, I, I hope that they understand that the culture that we've set and we have new guys coming in every year, right? And mm-hmm. it's their turn now. And um, they understand the culture that was set before them. And that means that we're never satisfied. We're, we're never, ever satisfied. And so at that point means we've got to be, have, we've got to coach them hard, which y'all, y'all know what that looks like, where we can't, we've got to demand at all times. And at the same time, when somebody does good, you've got to tell them, you know, they do good. We We start every week with, um, a positive recap of the game, regardless mm. of what happens in the game, mm. and tell them all the great things. We highlight our players of the week. We do all that stuff. And so we throw them some positivity there, and then we immediately go right into all the things that we, you know, we did wrong and, <laughs> and the things that we have to correct. So I think it's just a good balance. And when you balance it right, players, um, they, they thrive on that mm. because they want, to, they want hard coaching. They want discipline. Uh, sometimes they may act like they don't, but they truly do. Um, and then they also want to be loved and cared about. I think it's great coaches do it, um, you know, do it naturally. No question about it. Um, yeah, uh, Coach Drew Sanders is with us. And, Coach, you know, it's something that uh, we, we, we talked to Todd Dodge recently, and he talked about it, that, you know, how do you get on these runs and just keep winning? And he said something I thought was, was really well said, and it sounds like what you and Rod are saying. You have, to, you, you have to respect every opponent. You have to respect every opponent, meaning you mm-hmm. prepare every week um, like, like, you know, that that team can absolutely yeah. beat you. And obviously sometimes in district play, there's some mismatches here in some of these games. And, but, you know, respecting your opponent means preparing for them like you do every opponent. And then, you know, if you've got to, got to go out and put a, put a big number on them, that's okay. That's just the way it goes. But what you can't do is play down to that opponent and not respect that opponent. Yeah, you know, we, we call that term viper level around here. And mm. so what that means is, you know, we have a level of play and then we expect to to hold ourselves to that level of play regardless of the opponent that, you know, that that we play. Um, there, there was a stat that I um, brought up the other day that, that has, you know, is kind of was on the Internet the other day and talked about how, how rare it is for a head coach in a program to be undefeated against programs that finish the season um, below 500. And there were only, this is a stat from a couple of years ago, but out of all the FBS programs, there were only like five coaches that were able to do that. And what that means is those trap games, those games that teams are going to end up losing. Mm-hmm. Can you still go win those things? 
Um, and there were only four or five coaches that had done that the last five years. And our, our record um, against teams that finished the season under 500 is, is the past uh, six or seven years is 38 and 0. Wow. And so I'm really impressed, really proud of our ability to just show up every game and be consistent at play to that Viper level. That's unbelievable. Uh, Coach, I want to ask you about, uh, and I don't know if you guys have it or not, did I want to ask you guys, you guys have an opening script. Sark talks about his opening script a lot, first 20 plays, um, and obviously what that entails. And It's been a big topic of conversation on the 40 Acres. Do you guys have an opening script, uh, number one, and how often does your opening script uh, hit? Right? Is it an ultimate success, or do you have to deviate from that opening script? <laughs> Man, it just depends on the talent you got on offense. You know yeah. <laughs> how often that opening script hits. Um, you know, I mean, yes, uh, Coach Mauser, Coach Blake Mauser, who's been with me for almost a decade or maybe a decade, he's been calling plays, offensive plays for me. Me and him meet, you know, of course, daily on what we're doing. But uh, he calls the plays. He has six to eight plays that he's going to run okay. first um, each week uh, for us. But, you know, sometimes bad things happen and you get backed up or you've got to get off the script quick. You know, you don't, we weren't <laughs> planning on it being a third and 12. Yeah. And so there's sometimes where like you wouldn't stay with the script because the third play is like an inside zone, you know, and mm. it's third and 12. And so, um, you know, but yes, we definitely go in with probably six to eight plays that we want to see how they're going to line up. You know, we're trying to, they're trying to see what people are doing to us. And the, and the interesting thing mm-hmm. like this year, for example, with miles, miles Coleman, who some of the listeners may not know, but he was the leading receiver in all the state of Texas, 99 catches, almost uh, 1,800 yards last year. Um, And so, you know, everybody has a plan for him. So the first thing is we're trying to figure out what their plan is with Miles. Mm. Are they doubling him? Are they doubling him every play? Are they just going to play him straight up? Um, And then we figure out, you know, from that. So a lot of it is just trying to figure that out first. We're a big shift motion. You know, we we try to do a lot of the same things that Texas does as far as there's going to be a shift in emotion almost every single play. We'll show Mm -hmm. doubles and it'll end up in a um, a tight end two-back set, you know. Yeah. Vandegrift Vipers head coach Drew Sanders. They're 4-0 and they have a bye week. And uh, one more thing, Coach. I mean, another 21-point first quarter. We've talked about it a lot in our visits on Thursdays. Your team gets off to fast starts. And we talk about your quarterback, Deuce, Deuce, uh, Deuce Adams, uh, Mike Adams' son, of course, your receivers coach. Um, you know, he what an extraordinary player because he can win with, mm-hmm. with the pocket, right? If everything goes right, he makes great throws. But he's really tough for a defense because he can use his legs to scramble for first downs, keep chains alive. I mean, that drives a, a defensive coordinator like yourself crazy. What a, what a multi-talented player he is to keep these drives going and, and get you guys off to good starts. Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, you know, that's the thing is, like, I go in and each week you're like, okay, as a defensive guy, because that's that's my core as a defensive guy, right? Who do I got to stop that's going to be aligned in the backfield? Who do I got to stop that's going to be aligned outside in the backfield? And a quarterback, you you always hope that the quarterback is not mobile, you know, because <laughs> if he's not, then it's just like let's go, you know. And I'm just going to let my guys eat if the quarterback's not mobile. Uh, but if he is, it provides so many problems uh, for you as because as, you can have him. You can have a collect, what I call a collector, a guy that's supposed to grab the quarterback, and he's better than him. And so he just <laughs> runs around, and, and our collect falls down, you know. Um, and so that's what Deuce is. I mean, there have been so many guys that free runners that have him, and then he just scoots just a little bit to the side or takes off, and then his eyes are always downfield. And, um, I mean, it's – He's a he's a very very good player and I'm I'm really glad he's on my team. Yeah, he's a handful. <laughs> yeah, no uh, 
Hey, Coach, last thing, what do you encourage your players to do? You said off week um, and get off your feet, you know, rest your body. But what else? What's, uh, is there any instruction of, you know, watch football or, or anything or just let them have the weekend to themselves? Yeah, you know, doctor's orders are stay off the lake and, uh, <laughs> and make sure that you are playing some video games, um, hanging out with friends, behaving, acting right, and then getting back ready for a big week against Maynard next week. All right, we'll preview that next Thursday, Coach. The Maynard Mustangs coming to your place for uh, your district, second district game off the bye week to the, the 4-0 start. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Enjoy the weekend off. Thanks, Coach. Oh, yeah. Loved it, guys. See y'all soon. Great right. stuff. Brainvault.com. Yeah, I'm watching this. Deuce. Deuce oh, man. Um, I know. I just I, saw that. <laughs> come on. He's it, clowning these kids out silly. there. <laughs> that, that last play was kind of silly. He, and you're right about him, too. He's he's one of those guys. He looks good from the pocket when you got him a clean pocket. But when he, when everything breaks down and decomposes, it's actually some of his best work. Yeah. He's, a, he's an ad-lib player yeah. when he needs to be. that. And that's like we, we talked about a lot this morning with the Chicago Bears. That's what the uh, Bears need to do with Justin Fields. But he's got to start with winning from the pocket. He's Yeah. He's got he's to win more. He's, he doesn't have to be Tom Brady. No. You got to be able to operate some front of the pocket. Remember, Jalen Hurts was like this. Yes, and he and got then, better. And he did. He just became a more a more efficient pocket passer, and now he's actually one of the better pocket passers in the league. Uh, but yeah, you, you you have to evolve and mature as a pocket passer. I think teams are willing to meet you halfway and say, "All right, you know what? He has this ceiling as a passer, and we can now implement some you know fail safes within the offense, give him room to improvise and freedom to improvise and ad lib." Uh, but if you can't operate from the pocket at all you can't you're not playing nfl football that's that's not nfl football i'm watching deuce adams he is mike adams of course a wide receiver at texas in the 90s uh these are his kids deuce and his brother is a wide receiver for them and he is just electric he's one of those just a game changer right those one of those guys you can coach and you can do everything right but he'll just make a play uh we've seen guys in college football johnny manzel was comes to mind for that vince young obviously and we're watching this guy at mm. colorado do it rod this, oh, this Sanders. Yeah, he's got a lot of that in him too, no doubt. His uh, ability to improvise second play reactions. Well, and by the way, did you hear we we should have played this and what uh, who said that? But Dion, because you played some sound yesterday about him not leaving to go to the draft after this year because he needs him to come back. Um, but how about Dion now saying yesterday that uh, hey, uh, I think he was talking to uh, uh, was it Shadur and Tom Brady. No, no, no. Who no, was no. it? No, it was it was Dion. He was on Bleacher Report or something. I don't know how Dion has time to do all these interviews he's doing these days. But um, he he said, "Look, my son doesn't want to be number two, and everybody's projecting Caleb Williams to be the number one pick." And he's like, "No, no. Uh, when he comes out, he's going to be the number one pick." And uh, so that I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, can we? Can I? Since you brought it up, can I play some sound of Dion? Since you brought it up, yeah, sure. And it's Dion and Shadur. It's actually Dion Shadur and Tom Brady. Because oh, nice. Tom Brady's mentoring Shadur. I know he is. Like yeah. he, he calls them before that. and after the games. I'm like, damn, you get they're getting mentioned by Tom Brady when you go to Colorado too. Here is uh, Tom Brady, Shadur, and Dion. Listen, to this. this is good stuff. One question before I go, Tom. Do you think a college kid needs a phantom like a Rolls Royce? Nah, man? hey, no, it's not a phantom. It's a Rolls Royce Cullinan. I think I he needs to get his ass in the film room and spend as Thank much you. time in there as possible. Thank you, Less Tom. Less time in the car and more time in the film room. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. I seen you have one too, Tom. Don't think I. I, seen you. <laughs> I was just a rental. Hey, I had a few bucks in my pocket at that point. I, I see some car stories when we're together next time. There you go. Well, Tom Brady's like, I rented my Rolls Royce, man. That was a rental. <laughs> because hey. Tom has got the, the advice if it flies, it floats, or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rent like, it. Nah, I rented that Rolls Royce, man. But Shadur's got a Rolls Royce? Yeah. Damn. Well, even in the comment, he mentioned the Bleach Report. I'll, I'll go off the street if I can find it. He said, uh, he said, you know, when he was talking about being the number one pick, he says he's not a co pilot. He's not a, he's not a, a sidecar guy. 
he he wants to drive his Maybach. He said uh, he drives hey, his own Maybach. Come on now. I was like, damn, Dion. Damn, man. But I'll say this for Shadur Sanders. Bowling. Uh, in our conversation about Deuce Adams at Vandergriff. The thing about him is he's athletic enough, but he is so good in the pocket. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is what the NFL is dealing with with guys like uh, with Justin Fields, and you know, we've seen it with a lot of quarterbacks. Can they win from the pocket and then use their athleticism? You mentioned Jalen Hurts yep. really worked at it. Uh, Daniel Jones keeps trying to get better at it, but he can beat you with his legs. This guy, Shador Sanders, is better when he's in the pocket, but then when you get pressure, and their offensive line isn't great. When they get a free runner, he's so good. It is kind of Tom Brady-like, the way he slides in the pocket to buy more time, mm-hmm. and then if he needs to, Rod, he can take off down the field. And then he's looking, he runs to throw at first. So yes, he does. First, first it's the pocket, pocket breaks down, decomposes. Then, like you said, he slides, yeah. and then he's running to throw. He's looking still downfield as he's extending the play, well, and you, then he decides, oh, I got nothing. Well, I'm going to run. Well, that's when you, Rod B, are back there, and you've been trying to cover now for, <laughs> for seven, seven seconds. For seven seconds, and I'm and like, come on, man. <laughs> no way. Uh, that's, that's when Ty's calling me a scrub. Like, <laughs> oh, man, Baber's giving up another big play. Like, I was covering for seven, eight seconds. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, thank you, Coach. Enjoy the bye week. We'll come back when we do. It's What's Poppin' to get you into your Thursday when the football weekend is what's here. Poppin'? What's Poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass it like Stockton. All right, what's popping? means it's the final segment of the fabulous fifth quarter, fifth hour on Ian Rodby. It's five hours a day, five days a week. And uh, we get you ready for what's coming up today and tonight. Obviously, we've talked about Ty and Casey Stutter going head-to-head in a punt, pass, and kick contest. That'll happen after our show. It's going down. Also, Rod, I'm going to be, as soon as this is over, recording the uh, second Eyes on Texas multicast podcast uh, video of the week. Of the we week? dropped our yeah. We do two hey. now. We we recap the game on Monday. Mike Craven and myself. Oh damn! Uh, got preview. a lot of views of that, and then we do a uh, preview of Baylor because really we spend nice. our our Monday that drops on Tuesday on the Eyes on Texas multicast. You can find on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. Uh, we spend a lot of it recapping and hearing from Sark and uh, you know how it all went down. And then today we'll record another 30, 40 minutes of uh, Baylor preview with Mike. And, of course, Mike is the senior writer for Dave Campbell's Texas Football, so has good knowledge on Dave Aranda's team and Baylor. So we will record that. It will be out uh, either tonight or tomorrow, so you have it in time to get ready and primed for Texas and Baylor and the whole college football weekend, the Big 12 weekend as well. So looking forward to that. That'll be fun. And then I'm going to run right over and watch Ty compete with Casey. And uh, what are we thinking (laughs) here? PPK. you you're a professional athlete, Rod. What what do you think? What are the odds? What do you what odds do you give Ty of winning this? Mm. Can he pull the upset? Because I think the, Casey's the favorite here. I think Heavy. the a- accuracy uh, being a big part of the overall competition now is going to help. Uh, it's going to help Ty a little bit. Be able to close the gap because there's a chance that yes, Casey has more power, so he'll win some of the distance stuff. But I wonder if he'll be able to be accurate. I will That's say what this: Ty, you got to be accurate, man. I'm going to say this, and I should have said it sooner. Actually, I didn't because I didn't want Ty to get to back out. <laughs> but I've seen Casey play high-level football. Of course, we all did. They oh, yeah. won a national championship, mm. and he He's mauled dudes. Yeah. I've also seen Casey on several occasions competing alongside me as a member of the um, in the Reckless Kelly Celebrity Softball oh, Jam. Oh, interesting. And Casey Stutter is one of the better softball players I've seen. Oh, so um, he can move. He's an athlete. He, he can move, move and mm. he can throw. And I he can you know softball. You unlike baseball, where the ball's coming 100 miles an hour, you don't have to generate all the power. Yeah. Softball, you got to generate the power. I mean, that all comes from you because it's just kind of floating there. 
and Casey can hit the ball a ton. Oh, my gosh. Like, home runs, like when we do the softball <laughs> jam all for charity with our great friends from Reckless Kelly and all the mm-hmm. musicians and myself and, gosh, Casey and Ricky Williams was out there one time. Uh, Brooks, Ahmad Brooks yeah, always was out yes, there playing. Yes, my man Brooks. And, D- yeah. And, uh, you know, they would set up the like the plastic fencing around because that's a home run just yeah. to make it fair. But Casey was one of the guys hitting them out of the park, like out of the Dell Diamond. I like, can believe that. Like, see ya. He's got power. It was a he and Brooks Kieschnick. And then I saw Peter Gardere do it, too. Peter, Pete oh, could, Peter the Great. Pete could rip. Peter the Great, baby. I, you know, I hit, I, there was a game I played in that. One of the years I hit three home runs, but none of them went out of the park. They all just went over the, Still, the, the, the temporary fence. That's pretty nice, man. Three home run day? Three homer day. Come on. Big yeah. time right there. Yeah, Eric Rain still gets mad at me from Coke FM because they gave me a plaque <laughs> of the MVP because I hit three home runs, and but we were on the losing team. We lost the game. Hey, that's all right. You know, you can win MVP on a losing team. He it's said no. Before. He said no. You can't have that. The logo did. Jerry West did. He won MVP. I MVP on a losing team. It happens. Rod, Eric Rains, who was on the winning team, did not like that very much. Did he hit any home runs on the winning team? I think he hit one, and then ah, he got then he got enough. hurt. Then he got hurt. <laughs> he like, he, like he t- tore something, pulls on that. That's my fear for Ty here. I am more. I would put higher odds that he gets hurt than he wins. Dynamic warm up, Ty. <laughs> dynamic warm up, warm up, then stretch. Dynamic warm up. It's not like I'm moving very much. I know, but these are these are movements. But I'm that thinking about the dynamic movements you're yeah, going to make. Your I mean, body's not accustomed to these movements. I throw a football in here every single day. Yeah, but, but the, you, you see me you stretching. Play. I'm you always stretching. I stay stretching. Okay, that's true. That's fair. Uh, I, I'm does. concerned. He's with young the, too. He's I'm young. concerned mostly with the uh, the throw because he's going to put everything into it. He could pop his shoulder or something. Okay. Uh, make sure you warm up that rifle, man. Make warm sure you run lady. that up. And the mm-hmm. kick, right? When he tries to make that 35-yard field goal, he's going to be stretching his groin like he never has. I think the punting, I think I would get hurt more punting than I would place kicking. Yeah, probably. Because, uh, you, you know I mean, the action you gotta is... you got to follow through all the yes, way to the sky, it, too. Yes. That's oh, the gotta, advice I've gotten is yeah, right. be a pendulum. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. All the way to the sky. Yep, now, that's where exactly the right. hammy's going. <laughs> that's where the <laughs> pop, snap. Remember, remember Ray Guy used to like touch his face mask with his knee when he would do the punting yeah. um, back in the day, the, the greatest Ooh. punter of all time? Uh, yeah, that's where Ty's going to get hurt. And it kind of scares me because he wasn't the starting punter for mobility reasons in high school, but one of my best friends who was the starting center was our most powerful punter. Like he. Oh, just get the power. Oh, like, not, wow. It, like every single time, you kick you like a 50 yard. We didn't start him because he was the he center was and if it's a bad snap, <laughs> then we're screwed. But he. he he was giving me some good advice. He was the back of to people. Yeah. See? No, but that scares me because Casey, similar build. Powerful. Casey's a great athlete. And that's what that's what he's saying. He's got he's got power. I and I agree with that. I think I can just look at Casey and be like, evaluation rise, he's gonna win the power element there. You gotta win the accuracy. You can you can try to compete with him in power, but accuracy is probably going to be where you can gain some points. Remember the throw. You do it three times. We'll take your best. The throw is going to be accuracy, distance mm-hmm. for sure. But if it the accuracy, if how far offline you are, will be des- deducted from your overall distance. Yep. And the punt just got to keep it on the field, and then the kicks will be three separate kicks. You can pick your favorite one that you make. Uh, so that'll be coming up. We'll have full updates. Ty will might be in the doctor's office today and maybe not here tomorrow. We'll we'll see. No, he'll be here. I'll go pick him up. But uh, we've got that. What else <laughs> is popping for you, Rod Babers? Uh, well, I'll probably go home and watch some more. Um, I'll watch some more Baylor film. Just trying to make sure we as we cover as many of the bases and we're as thorough as possible in our evaluation and review. Uh, and sorry, preview. And I'm watching. Uh, did, you, did you ever watch the morning show? Yes, I did. On Apple, they mm-hmm. have a new season of it. So oh. I might start oh, the new I didn't season. Know that. Yeah, something just, we could start watching. It just came out with a new season of it, so I might start watching that. That was actually a, a decent show a couple of years ago. They, they took like a two or three year break though. Yeah, wow. they did. 
They yeah. did um, with well, and I, they're coming it's like back. Jennifer I like Aniston it. in it. Oh yeah, and, um, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon's in it. They yeah. do great. Steve Carell. Good. Steve yeah. Carell's in it. Yeah, it's not uh, bad. All right, cool. There you go. Pop right out there. Popping. I like popping. that. Uh, also popping. There's a good Sun Belt college football game tonight. If you like uh, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, that's a pretty good football game. Also, San, San Francisco hosting the Giants in the NFL. You watch it early because that one might get out of hand and later. It, and have you seen this story? <laughs> I'm gonna have to start backtracking on this. I've been arguing against it. Oh, oh, now he and again. Oh, you're going to get tied round up. You're going to get tied round up. Remember the, the, story. Uh, the Mexican uh, aliens? I shouldn't yeah. say it that way. I'm sorry. I should say the aliens that they found in Mexico. I shouldn't say them. They the, might the, be. Who knows? No. We don't know. So the aliens <laughs> that they put in front of the uh, the, the politicians They had like in a Mexico. congressional hearing, yes. just like America did, about UFOs. And, the, and we've all seen this, alien, this alien now that looks like E.T., it's a, yeah, very small ET. They're very small. They're like tiny. tiny. They're, like, they're like the size of like our arm, like your arm. They're like really they're small. Well, Mexican doctors have found, according to the New York Post and oh, a story man. in it, oh, Mexican man. doctors have found no evidence of any assembly or manipulation of the skulls. Uh, the so-called non-human being <laughs> remains that were presented to Mexico's Congress last week. Uh, also, man, they've they've been not be a, been able to link them to. Anything human or any other animal. So basically, what they're saying is, uh, if it is a hoax, these is it a hoax that was created by other aliens? Because it is there, there's Mexican nothing. Mexican scientists run tests and uh, and discovered alien corpses and confirmed that they are not from Earth. Yeah. So they're saying there's no way that some person, some human being created them in their laboratory this, or yes. in their dungeon. So they said if it is a hoax, it's a it's an otherworldly hoax. That's what the doctor said. Okay. There you go. Ty, I told Ty, you. Ty tried to tell you. Like, Ty tried to tell you. He's like, hey man, they look real to him. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm I'm still a little skeptical. I need to that it's I all need coming more. out right I, now. I, I'm keeping an open mind. I've had my opinion on this, but uh I know. We're I'm, so distracted. I'm an evidence-based person. It's not even a big story that there have been congressional hearings about UFOs and aliens in 2023 for multiple countries. And we're just Clearly like, Clearly ah, something is going on. Something's happening. That is true. I agree with Town. Something's going on. Yeah, yeah. This, he's right, he's this right. says he needs to go to sensitivity training. I'm offended. Oh, because I said Mexican aliens? <laughs> well, no. <laughs> it was the just, aliens he in Mexico. He meant aliens that were that found, they found in, Mex- somewhere in, in, near Mexico. in Mexico. You You're guys know like, what I mean. Apparently they they had been there for for a long time too. Like we're talking about like hundred some years or something. Hey, I'm following the story. Okay. Hey, we report, you decide. They might be living among us, guys. So just hey, Ty. Good luck now. The the reason I'm worried for you is whenever I I take long bouts away from uh, playing beer league softball, and then I'd show up, and of course, inevitably, the first at bat, I'd rip it, and I take off down to first base, and you know when you do that first sudden movement, Rod, that you haven't done in a while. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> That's when the groin or the shin or what a calf muscle. Yeah. I'll be okay. We're not mm. moving much. I'm worried about the punt. And I'm <laughs> going to win this too. I can't wait to see it. And I, I hey, good luck. Is that your what's popping Sex Panther pick of the night? No, Georgia State plus six and a half. <laughs> Georgia State <laughs> plus six and a half there over Coastal. <laughs> All right, Rod, have a good Thursday. Let's do this on a football Friday. We'll be doing the uh, Ric Flair yes, woo tomorrow for sure. Yeah, I'm right. Starting at 6 a.m. We're five hours a day, five days a week. If you missed our conversation with Vandergriff head coach Drew Sanders or our conversation with uh, Craig Smoke, who covers the Baylor Bears, that was a good deep dive on Baylor and their struggles to start this season. Also, any of Rod's rants or behind the bird orange curtain or any of our conversations, always go find them on our podcast page at hornfm.com. Rod, have a good day. Ty, too, good brother. luck, my friend. 
Be safe. Let's do this tomorrow at 6. Coming up next, Jim Rome. Then it's uh, Rich Eisen right into the Sports Complex with Patrick Davis. Have a great Thursday.